0: It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Aaron Hapgood and Patrick Dangerfield joining you this morning. You can join in the conversation and follow us on our Facebook page at Real Adventures. Redmond, good morning to you. You actually thought it was, uh, you got your days mixed up. You thought it was Sunday this morning. I don't even know. How what well are you going? going?
1: Lucky you messaged me, but now I'm going. I've actually hurt my back, Pat. Last week was my quad. This week it's my back. I give up on trying to get fit.
0: You are you are in a bit of pain this morning. To get notebook. into the studio this morning and record, you do look in a bit of pain. You're going to have to soldier through because I'll soldier through. There are times when you just you know you just have to get out there and fish. Well, yeah, but you
1: get bloody jabs and needles to get through. I, oh, fish! I, I said fish. get out there and fish. <laughs> I should have let you finish because, <laughs> because to... you actually did that. You had your back. Cricket f- training. I'm diving. I think I did it. So the sorry. Weight, the, no, the weight belt like where yeah, you know where your weight belt sits, and because we're on the hooker. I had to use more weights than what I use in the B. or actually same weights but usually on the we're diving shallow so usually on the BC which we spoke about in last week's show we did uh, I put the weights in the pockets of them and it's not actually directly on my my hips and then during the week after the dive the next day I was a little bit sore like normal and then I went to crew training and I was fine crew training how'd you bowl? I'm a batter <laughs> didn't bowl that well <laughs> <laughs> bowling hairy areas, me bowling a couple of off, off, little tweakers. No, nah, I actually batted it all I've got alright with the old bat. But, uh, I'm gonna yeah, play. I'm gonna play this well. afternoon if the back lets me. You pulled up nah, well the next not. day. I have not been able to move. I fished all week with it. I, uh, Voltar and fifties or whatever they are. They they come in best mate. The uh, what are they? Uh, Any inflammatories? Are you strong enough for you? No, nah, I need to get into your car and take some out of the glove box. <laughs> 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 You've got some good stuff in there.
0: Well, the good thing is when you have a. Um, you know, a club doctor, you get to see the, the, the best every single day.
1: Yeah, and I, your club doctor's my doctor and I can't, yes. get, in, and I can't, and I can't get into a bloody Point Lonsdale GP because of you.
0: You know, I often actually talk to Joffa, our good mate Jeff Allen, who's What's the uh, Cats Club doctor. I'll literally come into training and if you've been sort of pestering him, because you're worse than a player. You're yeah, like, no, no Joffa, I can't get in there, mate. You need yeah, to no, organise your schedule. Hang on, you're trying to organise yeah, a doctor that has a practice and works for the Long Cats around your schedule. <laughs> the, so when you can go fishing... Well, the
1: only reason... That you I do, do it all I the time, don't the only reason that I'm really, I, I get away with it is because I don't often go to a doctor. So he knows if I am asking that I actually, he, he, I've had a couple of times where I he's come might... back from the club on his day <laughs> off and he comes in just to see me. I oh, thought it must be because you give him fish or like, sure, I don't I even give it. him fish. I probably should. Yeah, absolutely, you should. He, uh, he, he, um, he looks after me, but I'm using abuse a bit. <laughs> anyway, back to
0: fishing. Enough about me being a sook. Well, is that, you know, exactly right. <laughs> well, there's actually been a bit happening this week. Reverend. There is. Uh, Georgie Boy just releasing a few uh, estuary perch into the Barwon River, you, which is pretty Your son cool.
1: and John Boy, that was, so he was top of the Barwon?
0: Top of the Barwon, yeah. So there's obviously different release points that um, that Vic Fisheries will release fish into a, a system, um, but fundamentally they um, there was one spot which is basically – Two minutes from KP, Kinninger Park, uh, in Geelong, they released about I think it's fifty to sixty thousand uh, estuary perch, which you know will, will will grow up over the next few years, and anglers will be able to start to um, to get in and, and fish for them. And um, they're a beautiful fish to catch, and obviously a, a quite an aggressive fish as well. So that makes sort of a and sur- fishing for surface
1: them. nice, hot night, sun going down. The real I, I know Gwaine, uh Gwaine does a fair bit of it down at Devil's Bend or, or Devils. Something over there on the side. It's like a it's a waterway down there, yep. and they go down at night, just oh, just as the sun's going down with the surface lures, Oof. And Oof. yeah, hitting them off yeah. the surface. He has a ball. He reckons they're great fun, especially yep. when it's windy and you just want to go catch something. Because we're not that lucky close to, I guess, in Geelong to have streams where you go catch big trout and even the likes yep. of estuary perch. Brim's okay, but still not the best for brim. Yep. Um, Further, you push away from here. So yeah, it's great to see fisheries uh, doing that as well. Uh, my week in fishing Redmond, you headed offshore. The snapper you said and spoke
0: over the last few weeks, had yeah. well and truly here, and they're here to stay now because the the capture rates that we're seeing uh, right throughout the region are going through the roof. Seeing really good fish in that sort of six to ten kilo range, and you expect to see more of that.
1: Well, offshore, we'll start with the offshore. Like you said, it's. Uh, It's been a crazy season. Now, late, I'll definitely say it's been late. Everything's been late. I reckon it was a month late last year. I reckon it's two months late this year. And it's been great fishing offshore. Global warming? Global warming. Climate change? I'm not talking about that. Um, Yeah, snapper, great. Offshore, pretty simple fishing. We're using our salmon and our squid for bait. You
0: sound like our politicians.
1: Yeah, well, I don't really want to debate something I'll get in trouble with on there. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, the offshore fishing is fantastic. You can now also get out there and comfortably get a nice feed of flutter as well, and people go flooded. They are the best eating fish in the sea. If you get a few oh, snapper and a gummy, go get some floodies if you want to eat them. 35, 40 metres, just drift, cover ground, you'll probably still get snapper as well. Now, I push into the bay a little bit. Uh, before I talk about the snapper in the bay, I'm going to do the uh, calamari is... I reckon it. Once again, the eggs for the calamari. Yes, we've caught them the whole way through. Not the eggs, but dropping of the eggs is spawning time. We've caught the calamari the whole way through, but right now I can't. You can't not bag out and in minutes now. And big. Oh, they're massive. They're massive. Three kilos. Like they're stonking calamari and. Well, not everyone's that big, but so you can. if you wanted to work through them, you, you could take home every squid over two kilo, and it would only take you 30 minutes. And they are everywhere, right from their heads right up to Swan Bay. So they are dropping eggs. You can't miss, to be honest with you. If you drift anywhere, you're going to hit the patches and find them. Whiting a bit harder over the full moon. I did get my bag a few days during the week. It's just a steady bite, the best way to explain it. It's not finicky. I don't believe there's such thing as a finicky bite for a fish. Anyone, like, A finicky bite, what does that mean? Look, like, it's a fish not biting it. like I don't get that. I When I people say, oh, the whiting were finicky, I believe that it's, a, it's to do on the moons. It's just a slower bite. You're just not getting them red hot. And the in-between bites probably aren't your whiting. They're your leather jacket or your in-between fish, your red malt, things you aren't hooking a lot of the time, or your small tommies. And as that tide flows and picks up this week, those whiting that we, we were catching last week, you're probably going to have quicker bag out. So it was taken, oh, not being an idiot here but it was taking an hour and a half to get it to two hours to get our bag yeah. which isn't a super good water it, it's enough to keep you there because you know they're there and if you move because of the moon the slow tides yep. is the reason you're not getting them fast But next week you're going to have under an hour bag outs again so cracking fish great to see you, there are a few small fish amongst them as well which is also good to see because that's our future as well and you can work through them throw a few back you can check out on the social media uh, uh, for on salt guide as well that like how how big the fish were. So they're quality fish around too.
0: Uh, Redmond, uh, during the week we saw on social media, and you can follow our Real Adventures Facebook page, there was a snapper caught with a $20 note, Sharkman Charters, one yeah, of your good mates. Yeah, they are mates of mine, Robin,
1: Robin Dill. Um, it was Rob on the boat this time around.
0: Got me thinking, what's the strangest thing that you have pulled out of a fish or a shark stomach while you've been fishing? Because... Fishing out of Cape Conran, I reckon it was about a decade ago. Um, we actually pulled a, a tiny Port Jackson shark oh, yeah, yeah. out of a uh, a big kingfish, which just shocked the living hell out of out me. Out of a never, kingfish, never seen right. it before yeah. in my life. Like the smallest, like you know, when you see the eggs, yeah, just it, like, little ones, yeah. It was tiny, and pulled it out the gut of a of a kingfish. Um, and that's just about the strangest thing I think I've seen. Pulled sinkers out a few times,
1: a few different lures. <laughs> the, the, I haven't had anything, I'm just trying to think on the top of my head there, you pull that on me, but I haven't had, I don't think I've had anything super strange, but the first one, one of the first gummy I caught that had a crayfish in it, I thought that was extraordinary. And oh, I can guarantee you now, nearly every reef we fish on offshore, every second gummy shark has a crayfish in it. Really? So, yeah, and especially through winter, because during like the winter...
0: Like full size crayfish? Just like,
1: the legs, tend, like they usually eat eat, the they're usually thing. eaten and it's all yeah. crushed, but you'll pull out, it's, in the end, it's probably a whole crayfish, the legs will come out the whole crayfish has been eaten and uh,
0: never tempted to use a crayfish for bait or just one of them oh we sort won't talk we won't bait? talk about
1: that <laughs> <laughs> i'll get frowned upon when i'm diving no How i actually, 100% you would be <laughs> who would ever use crayfish for bait for gummy shells? Well, I, I can't even, i've only got a couple of craze this year, so i haven't used them this year bloody weather but um, <laughs> basically the craze, what do they do they drop their shells through this is more during winter I, I promise you this but summer as well but they drop their shells and they're not as active when they're changing their shells uh, well, so when they go soft shell, I should say, soft shell. Yep. And I reckon that's when they, they they come in and inhabit the reefs, the gummies, and they just smash them. They smash them. Funny enough, I've never seen a crayfish while I've been diving. Uh, sorry, crayfish while I've been diving. I've never seen a gumbo when I've been diving offshore on the reefs. And I've caught them on the same reefs that I've dived that 18, 15 Do You think they meters. come in during the night? Well, I catch them during the day, but yep. I, don't, I don't know. Are they scared? Because I've got gummy sharks out of, out of a lot of the sharks have some of the best um, electrolysis. Uh, sensors through their top of their nose, so um, I forget the technique, the scientific name for them, but the sure, little it's dots. It's not electrolysis. Well, it is. It's through. It's it's. Isn't ele- electrolysis el- what, el- what el-
0: happens to a aluminium if you mix metals, or well,
1: what's electro? What's the elect- No, it's elect. No, it is. It's something to do with electronic okay. pulses. I'll, I'll leave it with you. It's, I'm sure. And they feel it through their lateral line as well. I'm sure we'll be corrected I'll, by I'll, now I'll correct. I'll I'll correct it in a second if I'm wrong <laughs> on the next segment because I'll Google it in the break, but. <laughs> Oh, it's something in their nose it's, and, it, and they can pick up senses vibrations all through that sense through their nose and they and i know through the fisheries and uh basically anything to do with i wonder if they're just scared because we're kicking around in the water thrashing making a noise yep. and they just you never see him but yeah it's pretty crazy but just quickly i'm going to talk a little bit about snapper in the bay it's finally good to see that they are biting hard yep. you know, this is when we're back months ago when I was saying just wait for the... I think we were in Cairns recording, and I said wait for wait for the charter boats to be getting their bag limits two times a day. Now is the time. Three-way to six-way hookups regularly now, where even when I was getting my bag limits, I was lucky to get two at a time. So basically, they are going... If you can't catch them now, you may be starting to think you're doing something wrong because it is well and truly snapper season going nuts. But did you see what the G-man caught last week, Pat? Yeah. Yes, I did the uh, the fish with a little bit of yellow on it. Yeah, down at uh, Port Welshpool, Gwayne did a sneaky trip down to Port Welshpool. This is exciting for everyone. Absolutely, the coast went nuts. Kingfish are making their way down the coast, so Gwayne head down to Welshpool and he got a fair few kings, which was awesome. And he said that he could see him in the water, so that that's that's really cool. So good, good, good signs because it's been cold. Don't know what the year is going to produce still but I've heard of good reports right along that coast. So that current is starting to move down. Do you have a time frame on when you think we'll start to see
0: them? Like there's obviously – Like there'll obviously be fish yep. there now, but when are we going to start to see them yep. in big numbers? Uh, Mid-Jan. Because obviously with uh, the the fads that have been uh, deployed along the coastline, that's going to help with, um, I suppose, areas to target. I certainly think it's going to help around sort of areas Lat Lawn with those new fads that have gone in, but we've seen it, yeah. um, you know, consistently yep. in that sort of Torquay region as well.
1: Yeah, and the, and those wrecks and reefs outside of uh, Bowen Heads to Point Lionsdale, the back of the rip, they're going to be a great place to target them. Uh, the rip, obviously, itself is going to be good as it always is, but the problem with the rip, this is. <laughs> Oh, I hate to say it, but I reckon it's going to be shut down soon, Pat. The rip, yep. just purely because just, it's dangerous. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not talking about the rip itself being dangerous, which it is. It's one of the most waterways. It's the ships coming in. There's people so are not going many the boats. Oh, yeah. it's 300 boats, and I'm not exaggerating. Yep. It, it's, and I understand they want to go catch it, but it's one of the most dangerous waterways in the world, not just for itself, but the ships coming through constantly. Last year, I saw I reckon three or four times people anchored up in the rip.
0: I was just about to ask you. With the change of technology, and we've seen it with spotlock, with what happens with the minko yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and we'll see it start to roll out as the Optimus series, which is basically the same spotlocking system from SeaStar that uh, you can do with twin outboards. All of a sudden, you can spotlock in places you never once could. So, yeah, in channels s- where you can't anchor, now you can sit there and
1: cop a boat and a cop ship a boat. Yeah, cop a ship coming through. That's our- so. Do you think that's going to play a role in it? Uh, the only benefit that I think is on our side as in for not, that not happening is the fact that it's a lot of tide. Yep. It's at its strongest point. How much tide can that hold in to be accurate? I don't know. Yeah, Because I fished up near a good friend of, our, of the show, Ben Cunnington, only well, a few months back on the whiting and he was sitting next to me and the only reason I mention him is because I've never had anyone anchor next to me with Electric Anchor other than him and I was on anchor and I was sitting... It was quite, it was Queensland, the tide was pumping. Yep. And he was slipping back. Yep. And coming, like, slipping back. And then it was pumping, Like, it was yeah. working hard, and it wasn't even near the rip. It was just in tide. So it does work Don't whiting, but I was, I'd was. i be very interested to see how it, much tighter it would take to hold you. Even wind, if you get wind on top of that as well, it's starting to work against you. So... Garmin the
0: releasing their, I think it's their 36-volt motor, which is about 100... 36... Uh, 36- Pounds, I think it is, or something along those lines that is basically the strongest um, version of an electric motor.
1: That comes out? That, that to, comes How out many batteries are that going to need? 40. <sighs> it's a lot. Like, it's a lot of weight in a boat. Yeah, extraordinary. So, are well, we... Well, no, one hundred and thirty-six pound
0: thrust. Sorry, that's what it is.
1: Not one hundred and thirty-six pound thrust. Yeah. And's going to need
0: obviously we see the the fifty-five. I think it is the eighty, the one twelve, and it's one thirty-six. Well, we, we, we
1: look at your staby, and let's be honest, the boat doesn't ride that well when you put all that weight, the batteries, and us two at the front. It just doesn't, does it? And no, it changes so them, totally. That can, that's going to come into perspective too. So weight's a big killer on any boat. So. Yep, yeah, Exactly something you need to be considerate
0: of. Uh, huge episode of Real Adventures. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club where we answer your questions from social media. You can join in the conversation at Real Adventures on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, Redmond. Brad is up first. How long do you think it'll be before the
1: perch get to a well, catching size? I'm gonna that is actually asked to you, Patrick, because you were up during the week releasing them with Young Sorry. George and John Boy. So it I'm gonna does, pass. It does, does say, say that. It does say <laughs> Pat on it. No, I'll pass that one over to you because you know a little bit more about the old Estuary Perch than myself. Well, we had uh,
0: we had. The, the fisheries down there, which was um, absolutely brilliant to have the the, the guys from you think um, they'd know something about it when fisheries you? <laughs> to come down and actually talk us through. So Taylor was down there from fisheries, and um, I think within twelve months they were sort of the twenty ten to ten to fifteen centimetre mark. Is that about right? And within sort of three to five years, they're they're well and truly catchable. Is
1: there a size limit on estuary perch? Do you know? Because that's not something in my expertise. To be honest with you, uh, I'm
0: not sure. Yeah, I, there could, I, could would make, be. I could make up something, but I'm sure there is. I think that. We were talking last night on the the biggest ever um, estuary perch, which apparently is 10 kilos and 60 centimetres. Um, Now, we have confirmation of of smaller fish at 50... I think it was 58 centimetres, around the 5 to 7 kilo mark, but apparently the biggest ever is 10 kilos, but... um, It's a big perch. Yeah, I think majority of the fish, once they get to a good size, are up around that uh, sort of 40-odd centimetre mark and beyond. Yep. And... And fish around that range can be up to 30 to 40 years of age, so they can be really quite old. Do they eat well? Yeah,
1: they'll go nuts. No, no, do they eat well as in table for us? Uh, I've only ever
0: eaten them once and they weren't brilliant. Um, In terms of um, legal size, you've done a bit of research, you You've had a couple of seconds to look it up. What was it?
1: It was 27 centimetres, and their bag and possession limit is of five fish for anyone that there is going go. to target these in the next few years. So it's going to take a little while to reach that it is, size absolutely. limit. But so, going down and catching, like using those light sticks, that uh, infinite that I've got that we used up north, like that's going to be a lot of fun on those. Without so, a doubt.
0: And if and if they're sort of that, um, that good size within three to five years, they grow, we know they grow to 40, at least 40 years of age. So that's a fish that's going to get to you know, 50 to 60 centimetres. It's just, you know, finding them in exactly where they are. Uh, Tom has sent in a question. Do you want me, me to read this out than answer it too? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a smart ass. <laughs> I want to take the boat
1: out of Barwon Heads. Is it too shallow for a six metre boat? I had, had this question a few times this week after filming out of there with Salt Guide during the week, but. We've done this before. Yeah, we have. Been, uh, in your old boys, five, seven. Five, yeah, five, eight, five, five, five seven, five. Five, seven, five. I've also done Aims. it 50,000 times in my boat, too.
0: <laughs>
1: with the hard top? With the hard top. So yeah, I was right. out during the, on Monday, yep. uh, during the week, out, offshore. Uh, well, let's start with depth. That's what he's asked. Uh, depth it is a bit of a prick to get through at times. Yep. Uh, at the, the speed limit's five knots, so you're not you're going you're to do yourself any damage driving through too much at five knots because you, if you hit, you can be... I recommend you have your sonar on uh, at all times because I know it's a little bit late because it's gone under the boat, but it gives you an idea of where the bank's coming up. And just have you trim up, because you are going five knots... I go out in the twenty one hundred, no worries whatsoever. Like I don't even look at I don't look at tides or anything for for shallowness. The only thing I am looking at is Is my height. Yeah, the bridge. So the bridge is my issue. I sit at about three point two off off on the on the trailer, so not on the water. So three point two on the trailer, so uh, on on dry land, and basically I get under the bridge pretty much every single time. Now, if you are going out of the Bowen River to put this into a bit of an eye. Uh, perspective for you guys Uh, when you get there you've got uh, bearers that run sort of just above the water level Pat when it's low tide they sit about a metre out of the water and when it's the tide comes up up, they can be under the water. So when you get there and if you are heading out, you can actually see this. And I use that bearer as a gauge. If that gauge, if that if that bearer that's, uh, I'm no construction builder, so that's what I'm calling it. But uh, basically... That is true. You are <laughs> definitely not that. A, um, a foot underwater, if there are a foot underwater, I can't get through. So anything that it's over those bearers, I look at it going, oh, I can't get through. So what I aim to do is launch two hours before high tide and come in you could probably come in half an hour after high tide because the tide pushes out so quick. So you can, you can justify yourself by looking at your tides and you won't have a drama. We're going through with depth. I don't think last question, Patrick Isaac, Pat, what you live across from the surf. What lures do you use during the summer for Australian salmon? Uh,
0: Very, very simple Redmond um, and Isaac. Uh, It's, Basically, uh, your metal wobbler. Yep. Um, I use, I think, JM Gillies forty grams. Don't like to go too heavy. And funnily enough, the f- the thing that we used up in cans that worked just about better than anything else, wasn't it? Was the the forty gram Gillies? Oh, and, yeah, and the, the Gillies and, the, and the, the Gorilla from
1: and the what was it? The those micro jigs. Uh, micro jigs. Yeah, they? they're just the micros are a bit hard. They don't have the right proper technique to cast at times, just because they're yeah. they're, they're, they're used for your sort of. If you're if you're offshore and you see the salmon, you'll get them because they they're on the drop. Where you're, uh, those James Gillies that you're talking about are great. The gorilla ones too. I bought a heap of them up as well. Really, and you get them; they work really, really good too. So, yeah, anything metal you chuck in front of the salmon, let's not complicate it. They're probably going to eat it. So, they're they're a fun fish to catch off the surf.
0: Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine, insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Our dream boating destination for today: Redmond. I'm going to take this
1: because you can't beat this place. I'm going to—I know it's my hometown, but I'm going to talk about. (laughs) I knew this was coming. I'm going to talk about Port Phillip Bay in a hole. The reason that I'm going to talk You're about You're not going this, to talk about Queenscliff? Oh, because, so Queenscliff is where I'm from, hence yep. why I'm going to talk about it. But Port Phillip Bay in a whole, as a boating destination, it is fantastic. The reason for it is because it is so protected and sheltered. Now, you've spoke about... And there's other places around the country, but you've spoken specifically the last few weeks, and even the ones that I've done, have of more of your offshore aspect. So yep. Dundee Beach, we've done St. Helens down in Tassie and a few others. Port Phillip Bay... And the reason I'm going to talk about Queenstead is because that's my home ground. And basically, you can catch fish in wind. And what I mean by that is, anywhere in the country, you need to have the conditions that are in favour for you to go offshore for pure safety reasons. Yep, you're not it, going to head off Cape Conran. We spoke, I think we spoke, yeah, about, we spoke about Cape last Conran week, last week. Yep. But you head offshore there. You're at 15 knots southerly, you can't fish there. The most dangerous boat ramp exactly. in just, the country. It's, a, it's, it's an angry <laughs> place. But basically, what I'm trying to do is, it's as a boating destination for your family, to get people out and have a great time. Queenscliff in a hole, Port Phillip Bay. I can, well, t- for example, during the week, I had 15 knot southerlies during the week. I couldn't fish offshore. It was horrible. In the bay, I got my bag limit of whiting, calamari, and some cracking blue spot flathead. I could have done the snapper as well. So, as a whole, you can go there and you can catch some awesome fish. Not be too rough. You can be comfortable. And you can basically fish, I know it sounds stupid, but near on every day of the year, other than the ones that have blown 25 knots, the ridiculous days. In terms of the best time of the year to, f- fish Port Phillip Bay,
0: obviously in summer you're going to get the warmer conditions. Yeah, I, but in terms of a place to actually fish all
1: year round and get different species, yeah, you're covered most of the time. It's You're right. And, and weather's really important during winter too because it's cold. So... You can always get your wind and tide somewhere throughout that day to have the water, the wind hitting the front of your cabin. Through the winter, you're going to catch gummy sharks. You're going to catch some really, really good whiting and calamari all winter. No worries. And during the summer, obviously, summer water comes up. The variety opens up a little bit more, and it's just a really well protected place. You can take your boat. In terms of accessibility points
0: uh, throughout the bay. Um, Obviously, Queenscliff is where you launch yeah, from consistently. The, yep. But in terms of other other places that are are accessible to good fishing grounds, obviously, there's some really good places you can launch out of wherever you've got to do a little bit of travel. But you also, you've got access for the population that sort of live out in that sort of Footscray region.
1: Yeah, up Altonaway and that sort of yep. Williamstown. So basically, Queenscliff, the reason I say Queenscliff is because it has a fishery all year round. Uh comes back to your question before. The top of Port Phillip Bay is fantastic during the snapper season. So you Carum and your Altona, all that is fantastic during snapper season. But the problem when winter comes, there's not a lot of options. You can go yep. drift for flatted and catch undersized flatties a lot of the time. You will get a, manage to get a feed, but it's probably two keepers to ten throwbacks. You push down to your Werribee sort of region, and you're going to start to have... Oh, but you, you will start to get your, your whiting through winter and your calamari as well. So that's getting a little bit better. Fantastic boat ramp facilities, Karen. But the problem is during snapper season, I know people that launch the night before and sleep in the boat to fish the next day because you could be waiting onwards of two hours to get a that's boat a ramp. in. Yep. So uh, people think that I'm stupid because I launched the boat. I live on my on obviously the west side of the bay. And sometimes, a lot of the time, I drive over to the Karam because it's such a good snapper fishery during the snapper season. But they go, oh, you've got to drive all the way over. It takes me twenty minutes max in the boat to get to where I want to fish, and I launch with no one at the boat ramp at four in the morning. And I'm or five at four thirty in the morning. Get up at four. I'm over there by five o'clock. These guys are still lining up to launch their boat from three a.m. So, yeah, there's fantastic places all around, but during certain seasons like Queenscliff, will be very busy during the kingfish season for the rip. So there's certain places where it's going to be busy, but St Leonard's is also great too. So it's Clean places
0: those um, visiting the Sorrento region over the holiday break, Mount Martha, beautiful. It's a there. really popular place to launch from. Um, you just can't escape the crowds. You've just got to grin
1: and bear it, yeah. or you've got to get up. To yeah, no, nah, you are. T- how little tip? I did this a few months back. My tip here, Red's tips coming up. Basically, <laughs> basically something that I've learned over the years: don't meet on a half hour or an hour. So. Don't, what do I say to you? If I'm going fishing with you tomorrow, I'll meet you at 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never caught 2 or 22. Every person says, I'll meet you there at 7. Even during the winter, this works because this is, this is 7 o'clock, you, everyone says, I'll meet you there roughly 7. It's never 22 or court 2. If you do those court 2s and 22s, you'll beat those three boats that are beat there at 7 if you want, to, don't want to wait an extra 15 minutes. And that's, it works. Well, I use
0: it religiously. I think this is the most sense you've ever made on this show. <laughs> Our dream boating destination is Port Phillip Bay and, of course, Aaron's favourite in Queenscliff. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. And now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a North Bank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 33208. Real Adventures. It's time to
1: get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy.
0: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. For Dometic, keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB 26 insulated cooler bag for realbrand.com.au and the launch of four new styles. Redmond, we've got Barry Sullivan who's going to talk to us around the cot opening. He's got a new boat and just the chips and tricks that those taking their families around the Murray region need to look for in order to get a good feed. Good morning, Baz. Morning, Patrick. How are you, mate? Going well. Now you've just uh, you've got yourself a new Staby fifteen fifty. Talk us through it. You've been very excited. You've been slaying the cod of late. <laughs>
2: yeah, so I must admit I was very excited uh, to launch the Staby for the first time. Uh, it did take me a little bit while, a bit of time to get it run in, which was a bit frustrating. A bit of uh, running the motor in at various speeds and that sort of thing. So it was three hours without fishing. But uh, after that, was quick to launch in with a lot uh, with the rods and quick to hook up, actually.
0: Uh, cod opening has been oh, – or the cod season has been open for a while now, Baz. You've seen it and you've fished it. Where are the places that are fishing well and I suppose the tips and tricks to, to getting a good catch?
2: Yeah, the look, the weather has been the key. Um, the very beginning of cod opening on December first, um, the rivers were fishing quite well, uh, especially uh, the Ovens and even uh, even in the King. Uh, the lake has been was a bit quiet. It got very very windy for the first week of cod opening, and it almost made it impossible to fish the lake. Uh, it was like you know fishing the open waters, uh, you know, out off Apollo Bay there, um, and people were trying to fish there and getting some success when they could could tie up out of the wind. Uh, but there were times there where you'd tie your boat up and uh, you know the, the wind was so wild and the waves were so rough that it actually snapped off. Um, but, uh, yeah, the techniques for fishing, whether you're using spinner baits in the rivers or um, surface lures like in the evening or early in the morning, that was pr- proving quite effective. And in the um, lower reaches of the ovens and the Murray, uh, fishing for bait with cheese, or if you're lucky enough to secure some bardies, that was also going quite well. Uh, there were a lot of little fish caught, uh, mainly around you know, the 50 to 55 centimetre range, uh, and there were the odd big ones being caught as well. I know in the uh, cod classic, there were a couple definitely over the metre mark. Uh, I think the biggest I heard uh, was around 112 centimetres, and uh, yeah, they were caught on, on lures, so yeah, very productive in that
1: area. Baz, at the start of this segment, it was a morning, Patrick. I didn't even get a morning, Aaron, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask you any (laughs) any questions, Baz. I
2: didn't even know you were there, Aaron. Pat only introduced himself. Sorry (laughs) about that, mate. How are you going? Morning,
1: Baz. I was going to give you a pump up too. You had a double hook up on Cod at the start of the season. I did. Um, And to be fair,
2: sometimes the old social media posts give you a a false um, impression about how well you're doing. I actually had quite a lean trot uh, that morning and I'd fish for about three hours and had a couple of touches, but but sudden bang, on my own in the staby, both rods go off and I've got a double hookup trying to work out how am I going to reel them both in and net them uh, and, yeah, managed to, to do it. Um, uh, probably I was a bit fortunate one of them was probably no more than about twenty-five centimetres to twenty-seven centimetres, so he can give us a lot of grief. But the other one was about a centimetre short of uh, the keeper size, uh, and quite a quite a nice fish. So I was pretty proud of that, mate.
0: Baz, families heading up to the Murray region um, over the Christmas period and fishing there for the first time. Um, your recommendations around, you know, wanting to chase them with surface lures versus actually getting. A proper catch of fish for the kids to enjoy themselves,
1: using a bit of tasty cheese. Uh,
2: look, you know, families who are coming up for the first time, the best thing they could do is try and find somebody who has um, fished before, and that's either go to the a tackle world or, sorry, a tackle shop somewhere, or um, just talk to some of the locals who fish. Uh, but look, if you want, looking to catch some on lures, uh, and the lake is, if they've got a boat, especially then going through the shallower areas where all the stumps are uh, or if you're in a kayak as well, that works well and just flicking lures around the, the fallen logs and stumps, you'll, you're really a, a great chance of getting a hookup. I know a couple of my mates, um, uh, Maddie Hill and Rob Hill and Dan Hill, they basically were just going near stumps, tying up and then flicking around and sometimes it took up to 20 casts around the, the one stump before they would hook up on a on a nice fish. And I know one of them caught a 71 centimeters just in that approach with a spinnerbait. Um, the other option is um, if you just want to use bait, uh, the most economic way of, of getting bait is going down to your local Safeway or uh, Coles and, and getting a slab of mozzarella cheese, just cutting it up into um, small squares and then uh, baiting up with probably the best way is just a, with a running sinker. And again, cast near uh, some structure or in some deeper holes if you've got a sounder to determine you know where there's a few drop-offs in the river or in the lake, and yeah, just sit patiently and wait, and uh, you'll you'll hook up for sure.
0: That's one of the things that you put on your boat is a mincoda. Um, they've obviously typically been known as a as a. An electric motor to use around estuaries, and obviously you'll use it a fair bit in that capacity as well. But spotlock, how have you found that, in, in using the electric motor versus anchoring up?
2: Well, to be honest, it was it was a godsend for me. When the wind was up in the lake, you know it was so difficult to tie up to a tree. And if you have an anchor and you you know hook your anchor up on you know some sort of structure like a, a log or a tree root you know, out in the lake or in the river, you'll never get the the um, you know the anchor off, especially when you've got a bit of current to work with as well. So being able to spot lock a little bit away from the structure and then cast into the structure, it was just fantastic. Uh, I, I will say, you know, um, you know, the mincoder or any electric uh, motor isn't perfect. If you've got wind or you've got current, it won't always hold you in the exact right um, orientation that you stopped and spot locked on. But you've just got to work out where the natural wind or current will take you and then just position yourself from there and then uh, fish away
0: but as a real brand obviously have just launched four new styles of shirts when are we going to see discounts on them or are we going to have to purchase full price before
2: well Christmas? mate we don't, we don't discount uh, rolls-royces uh, so <laughs> you know initially uh, the launch uh, has gone quite well and and you know we'll we think that uh, the material that we've provided in, in this range is is got a real point of difference especially once the hot weather gets here and if you're in hot dry or even hot trop- tropical climates these shirts are absolutely brilliant and uh you know the new vibrant colors hopefully people enjoy but I've got one more story I'd like to tell if you've, if you've got time uh look there is a special shout out I'd like to, to make to a mate of mine Brett Goodwin uh he lost an absolute monster of a cod uh we were tied up in the river and one of the places we like to um, fish is uh, where you've got reasonable uh, deep water, especially with any sort of willow overhanging the river. And uh, we were just pulled up there having a bit of a fish and he locked onto an absolute monster. Anyway, he, he did, had it on for a, for a brief period of time before it snapped him off. And the unfortunate part was he looked at the, um, he had uh, the leader tied to a uh, swivel. And it looked like it was a clean, uh, either a break or the knot had failed. And we weren't, I'm telling him it it was the line because it was only 30 pounds and it would have been a much bigger fish. He's blaming me because I actually tied the leader onto the um, swivel. So we'll never know the truth, (laughs) uh, but it caused a bit of tension. I don't think any of us spoke to each other for about 15 minutes after that. Uh, But another mate of ours had an absolute cracking uh, time and and he. He outfished this uh, Peter Mulrooney, and I don't know how he did it. He's, uh, he thinks he's the cod whisperer, but anyway. And another guy, uh, Phil Lamb, uh, I know he caught an 81 centimetre, which was the biggest cod in our group, uh, and he did a cracking job as well.
0: Rob Paxivanas, a few weeks ago, Redmond caught, I think it was a metre 50 Title of be to 40. Absolute monster. There's the night. big ones around. Baz, beautiful work as always. That was all aboard. Thanks to Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with a Dometic CIB 26 insulated cooler bag. Thanks, Baz.
2: Now yeah, we see you, Patrick. See you, Aaron.
0: It's time for Red's review. Redman, we're focusing this week on Garmin's Live Scope. You've been incredibly impressed with it, especially
1: fishing for squid earlier in the week. Oh, it's literally a game changer. This, even Gwane, some of the, I only just got it on the boat when I picked it up after it got during the week, and gwane has been using it. Fortunate enough to use it a few times in Port. So this is a new transducer that you've had uh, put on in the boat. Yeah, fitted to the, to the uh, staby. So it's a it's a different transducer. To what I had on it, so I had the. Old, Got the one kilowatt still, but then uh, they put the live scope on on the back of it as well. And I was a bit unsure of it, even the stuff that Gwayne sent through. I thought it looked cool, but I didn't. To see it yourself, you've got to see it yourself. And I literally picked the boat up uh, from NY Marine, popped her on the ferry, Craig, come with me. We put her in the water and jumped on the squid eggs. And I was just fishing on the squid casually, and I didn't even think much of the Garmin, uh, the the live scope at the minute because we're catching all these squid and we're filming it. And when I say catching squid pat, you looked in the water and it was just slack tide, two thousand billion squid on the ground, and we just catch one after the other on camera, awesome footage. And I said to Craig, what does that Garmin live scope looks like? I walk up, I put it on, I look in the water, I look at the screen. Look in the water, look at the screen, and it was just squid on the live scope, just swimming around, like properly swimming. It was and you can see it. So if you ha- it's on my Instagram if you haven't seen it. So uh, it basically it is so cool how they're swimming around.
0: So so does it does it have to have obviously when it comes to water clarity depth, that obviously makes a difference. Like yeah. the
1: shallower it is, the clearer the water. Oh, 100%. you're gonna get
0: really nice images. Because yep. the, the images that you posted, um it's it's hard it's, to explain when you compare, you know, the the Lowrance's of the sort of early nineties, the first ever sounder yeah, I had. Yeah, you yeah. had the you had the fish symbol.
1: We always had a oh, fish ID. Oh, That's a fish. And before you, they used to, before that they used to have basically like a ECG on my on my heart that I get. It's like a spit of paper they used to have printed out, and there'd be a mark on it. Yeah. So from there to now, it's just it's extraordinary. Incredible. Well, Nothing. this is genuinely you can determine it's that good you can determine species of fish. You need a clear picture. Yep. More factors come into it, so strong tides and things where fish are moving faster is going to be harder to do. Obviously, it still works. Gwaine's got some awesome stuff in Western Port, a snapper on it. But the clarity of this picture is second to none. And to watch, I, I was fortunate enough to do the whiting during the week with it and watching the whiting swimming around the boat and like that is actually looks like a whiting. It, it's such a cool feature to the boat. They're about... 1800 to $2,000. Uh, 2000 is what they retail at, I guess, but there'll be places I, I looked on um, Google just to find some prices, and I think a few of the marine joints had them for 1800 So yep. you pick them up for about 1800 And the good thing with it, in the one transducer, it comes with a forward and down uh, scope. So you can set that to on your chart to actually look forward, Pat. So you're looking ahead of you. So if you're chasing kingfish in which, front of which you, makes so
0: much sense oh, it's, compared to traditional, just looking down all the time. Yep.
1: chasing bluefin tuna or kingfish or casting at anything, salmon, whatever it is, to the sides of you or sorry, in front of you, and you're driving towards it, uh, it, it can pick pick it up. Now I haven't tested out the, the forward one yet. I no. it give. I was in sixty meters of water off Bowen Heads, the uh, no, fifty meters of water, sorry, off Bowen Heads during the week, and I could I was seeing fish on it. It wasn't amazing, but like you said before, the shallower the you're water, picking things up in fifty. Minutes, picking things up, honest. and this yep. is the like first thing. It's first uh, trial, I guess you could say to the public. This is only going to get better and better yeah. and better. It's not a trial; it's a product. But it's going to get better and better as the weeks go on. So what it's doing now, imagine in five years' time, where it's going to be like watching Foxtel. So it's <laughs> it's, it's amazing to see. Uh, it's live scanning some images. You can use it for finding fish. Uh, uh, your bait, as well, which is awesome, which is the forward one, which for me will work great, as well as not only that structure. Now, if you're a, a freshwater fisherman and you want to see what you're actually fishing on to find these cod that we just spoke to Barry Sullivan about and anything like that, even the Barramundi up north when we're up in Cairns, well, Pat- you're not going to bother fishing if there's nothing
0: there. No, you're you can not. see it so yep. clearly. All right, I'm on something. Nah, nothing there, next spot, let's
1: go. So if you do want to find out more, you can head to the Garmin website. You can check out all their range there. They've got plenty of information on there or head to your local marine dealer and I'm sure you're going to find, uh, you'll be able to purchase something through them if they are a Garmin dealer. So check it out. If you haven't seen it, like I said, head to my social media. I have got a video up there and I will be getting more. So stay tuned because it's an awesome product. Red's Tip of the
0: Week for New Age Caravans. Visit your local New Age Caravan dealer today. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip for New Age Caravans. The big Christmas sale is now on. Redmond, your
1: tip for the weekend. During the week, I fished the bar and river as we spoke about at the start of the show. And to tell you the honest truth, I spoke about the hardest part being you're tired and things like that. But getting your boat back on the trailer can really be a pain in the backside because... I had a very, very strong west wind, west-northwest, and an outgoing tide. So what I mean by that is tr- it actually sits crosswards to the wind comes across where you actually have your trailer yep. in the water. So what you have to do is when you're driving a boat onto the trailer here, power is your best friend. And what I mean by that is if you, I had a guy in front of me and uh, – we, we just happened to film it and this is actual truth we weren't being smart on the camper I was talking about what I was going to do to Craig for the salt guide um, stuff yep. and there was a guy who ended up sideways trying to get his trailer into the pier engine and goes bang straight into the pier because he just didn't use power he went too slow and then he tried to get himself out of the situation the tide first thing to do, the tide and wind caught him put him side on tide pulls him back straight into the pier there's not much room for movement through there but he didn't use power so what I did is I drove up I'm, I'm sitting on an angle. So dry, say I'm driving north, I've got the boat facing um, on the slight angle sort of to the northwest, just pushing through on that angle going towards it. And as I approach it, I actually knock the boat out of gear. So what happens is naturally the tide's going to pull the front across because the back's still moving. It's yeah, going to straighten the, the boat. The motor's is still going, forward, pushing you forward. Straightens the boat up, then I knock it into gear to push myself up the trailer. With trailers these days, they're such good quality, they correct themselves would you say 90% of the time, Pat? Yeah, So they correct themselves as they come up, and basically you're going to be straight, but power is your best friend power power power, drop it out of gear just let it swing and that takes a little bit of an art to get that swing you will i'd rather you hit it with power and then let the boat straighten itself rather than dropping out of gear, but that does kick you around a bit and then pushing it up with the power rather than going slow because if you approach it slow and you're worried about if you're worried about hitting your trailer too hard, which a lot of people are, and I don't blame them but if you do that you've got no chance the tide and wind is your worst. Enemy there,
0: and you still want the trailer in a in yeah, a, a not, deep enough position, yep. but shallow enough that you can still get
1: traction. Well, on if those you firewalls. are too deep, what's going to happen there is the tide's just going to grab your backside and just swing you off anyway. So you want it, yeah. That first that front guards my my example I like to use is that as soon as that starts to go under the water, that's enough. And if you leave it too far out as well, you can do damage to you other things too. So. That's there, is the tip for the week. That is Red's tip for New Age Caravans, New
0: Age Caravans' big Christmas getaway sale. Visit newagecaravans.com.au. It's time for the Flying Gaff to wrap up Real Adventures this morning. Two men from the Sunshine West region are facing serious charges after being busted Saturday busted. afternoon. Redman in possession of 232 abalone, 173 of which... Uh, are undersized. Now let's make it really simple. As we come into summer, the bag limit for abalone is five per person. They know they're doing the wrong thing. They're trying to, um, you know, it's trying to pull a swifty basically. And who's copying it? Recreational anglers and people I, searching for abalone. I no, just, for abalone.
1: I just hope that they come down. I think there's a five year imprisonment. And this is the max time they get? Yep. Uh, I hope that they get hit hard, and the reason I say this is because there's so many people out there doing it because the fines and things like that, the punishment has been so minimal. The money in it has been too big on that black market, to be honest with you. It is, so if you start to punish people, hopefully, in the end, it cleans itself up. If you see anything suspicious or illegal, call
0: 13-FISH. That's one three three four seven four. Any time. anytime. This has been Real Adventures. We're going fishing.